I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin. And we're continuing our adventure into season five with the second episode, the conclusion to the two-part opener of Merlin season five, Arthur's Bane. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing very well. I at some point as we were talking in the outtakes, I closed the file with my notes. Perfect. So I'm Perfect. scrambling to get those back up as The uh, funniest thing about the beginning of this episode was we got a pretty long flashback sequence to catch us up with everything that happened in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know I feel like I don't remember them doing that. Surely they must every once in a while, but they only um, do it with the two parters. Otherwise we get the cold Okay. Open. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, that makes sense because a lot did happen, but it just was really funny because it, it was put together in such a way that it felt like it was very serious and a lot had happened. And then they just cut to all these scenes of like a horde of shirtless men. <laughs> 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 they just were like, but yeah, and we, yes, we dialed up the, the drama. We dialed up the sets. Everything looks better. Also, we dialed up the fan service. Also, <laughs> we dialed up the amount of, uh, male presenting nipples we're going to see on this, yeah. on this yeah. episode. Uh, before we get to the main part of the episode, let's thank all of our patrons over patreon.com slash sponsor of the week. Uh, they continue to support us month to month. They get exclusive content on the podcast. Uh, they also get access to our discord server, uh, which right now has been completely taken over by people playing Slay the Spire. Sorry for everybody. That's just continued for a while now. My bad. I feel like um, there's been some good combos around around the the shop, but it's not just that. Not many, not many though. We we usually drown <laughs> it out pretty quick. Like you could tell, you could tell like the main people that are involved in the Slay the Spire stuff. Like lets a comment sit there for like two hours, and they're like, okay, it's nobody responded. It's time to bring this back to Slay the Spire. <laughs> but thank you to all of our patrons. We very much appreciate you, Chris. Remind us what's been happening on Merlin. I will try. Last time on Merlin, Morgana is back and is using her new resources to search for a prophesized something or other known as Arthur's Bane. It just so happens that Morgana's resources are actually just slave labor. And Gwen and Percival and many other knights have been forced into doing shirtless hard labor. Meanwhile, Arthur marches on to save his knights. Merlin receives a prophecy about the king's doom. Gwen sentences a spy to death. Mordred makes his reappearance, and a strange blue alien changes up the whole goddamn game. We are talking about Merlin Season 5, Episode 2, Arthur's Bane, Part 2. It aired on October 13th, 2012, directed by Justin Malatnikov and written by Julian Jones. As dawn breaks across the icy tundra, Merlin and Arthur are close to exhaustion. With each tortured step, the fortress of Izmir looms ever nearer, and Merlin's fear intensifies. What game is Mordred playing? What powerful secrets are Morgana and the Truid of Ruidon searching for amongst his twisted catacombs? It seems like this time, not even Merlin can stop Arthur from walking right into the lion's den uh as you mentioned uh, our normal cold, cold open is just the previously on and so we get our intro and then it was right to morgana who is sleeping and it she seems to have this dream uh and i'm curious what you think about this because i obviously know kind of what's happening here mm. uh, but what is presented to us is it kind of looks like she and um Yuthusa, her her baby dragon are kind of trapped in this well uh, yeah. And the way that it's presented, I don't know that you can tell if it's in the future or in the past or if this is just like a, a vision or, that she's having. Mm. What, what, did, what are you coming up with when you watch this? My interpretation was that it was a vision of the future because that's typically what she had dreams of, um, if I'm not mistaken. It's been so long. 
Um, my first thought was because we're starting an episode with Morgana's night terrors that like this is classic Merlin. Um, but yeah, my interpretation of the dream was that it was a vision of the future. It was something to, that she was worried about. But it is interesting to think, has this already come to pass? Yeah. Uh, can't in a weird spot because I can't comment just yet. Okay. So we're just okay. gonna we're just gonna roll. Uh, she wakes up yelling, and here comes Ithusa, Um And you know, first of all, a rat. Like, a, I know a, a rat when I see one. Rat with wings. Um, Am I saying that name right? Is it Euthusia? Euthusia? Uh, Euthusia? I genuinely don't know. Um, the, every time that they say it, I've like tried to rewind it, and like I just can't quite get it. I just say Euthusia. It's um, Euthusia. I believe it's spelled, yeah. what, A-I-T-H-U-S-A or something? Correct, um, yes. Uh, so, Euthusia. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if we're saying it wrong, you know, let's just call him something else. Let's come up with a new name. Okay. Uh, Fresno Nightcrawler. Let's call him that. Let's call him um, the Fresno Nightcrawler. That's no, much and simpler. I don't mean that he's a rat because of his appearance, although he does a little bit resemble a rat. Mm-hmm. I just mean because he's, you know, he's a he's a rat. He's a um, he's a you know, rat. He's sold out. You know, fuck. Um, he's a rat. Fuck is what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, fuck this motherfucker. Athusic um, Athusic yeah. comes in to comfort her, and she's mm. crying, and she comforts the dragon, who also looks pretty uh, upset. Like yeah. I got the idea that they shared this dream, right? <clears throat> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. That they had shared this dream, uh, and it's very very cute when Athusa just walks up and like lays hit, hit, lays her head on. Yeah, uh, I guess. Oh, Sorry that so I called cute. him a rat. No, it's okay. It's just very cute. Uh, Morgana is of course still focused, very much focused on getting Camelot. Um, yeah. And then we switch over to what I'm calling Tundra time. Tundra time. Tundra time. There's a lot of time on the Tundra this episode. And Arthur and Berlin are tied to this cart. They're being led uh, across the Tundra by Mordred and Morgana's men. Uh, one of these, I believe his name is Ragnar. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> I think his name is Ragnar. I uh, don't know for sure, but he is the the leader of this like group of brigands uh mm. and he haunts the caravan when he hears Arthur talking and just goes over there and like punches him. Uh yeah. so they are they are not having the best of times. No. Things have things have been better. Mordred keeps looking back at Merlin. They're like making eye contact. Mm-hmm. It's really funny how much Merlin hates this dude. Like <laughs> it's he's I I was trying to like read the room with with Merlin for throughout this, but of course he's seen the, the vision of of you know Mordred killing Arthur, so he's he's a little bit on edge around him. But in the back of my head, I just kept forgetting that, so I'm thinking like, man, he fucking hated that fucking kid. He <laughs> hated that kid, and he hates his guts now. It's definitely a weird environment for Mordred and Merlin to be in right now. It's it's a it's a it's an interesting situation for them to be in. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Sarah, or excuse me, Sepha, uh, who is Sepha, uh, Jesus Christ, I guess, I who uh, um, is Guinevere. Dude, this, this, this is classic Gaius. This is classic Gaius. It's also <laughs> he shows up with like, here's a potion so you can kill yourself. Thanks, Gaius. Thanks. There's Thanks so, for that. There's so much to talk about in this scene because we're back in the cell, uh, and this is one thing I really love about Camelot. The cell is like ground level, so they can see the hangman's noose being built. They can see the gallows being <laughs> constructed. Crazy. I love. Up. I love the angle on this, and uh, and yes, Gaius comes in. Uh, I don't know what they're doing to this actor this season, Chris. I just it makes me not ever want to see Gaius again. It's what horrible. What were they thinking with the hair? Did somebody is somebody doing it to be funny? I don't know. And even his like makeup seems like ab- it's abnormally so thick. Odd. Yeah. It's so odd. He just looks like he's he's he looks he look, like dude, he looks like Sephiroth in the worst way possible. <laughs> he looks <so> odd. <laughs> 
I was going to say he looks like someone wearing a Gaius mask, but yeah, he looks like a If you don't know who Sephiroth, Sephiroth is, Google Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Google Sephiroth, uh, roll 64, and have a good time with that. 34. 34, uh, sorry. Yeah, well, 64 <laughs> is the anal stuff, so that's what you, you go uh, for. <laughs> what's happening? Anyway, um, he's like, hey, Sifa, here's a potion. This will make you pass painlessly, because being burnt at the stake or whatever we're going to do to you is like probably like one of the worst ways to go like it definitely sucks <laughs> i've seen a lot of children hard. die that way and i don't want to do I've that i've seen again. a lot i've sent a lot of kids to the stake so um she's like why do you mean a lot what are you talking about i thought what, you were a physician and he's like look we all have history okay like i'm not the one in jail right now shut up he's like define a lot she's like i don't know three and he's like okay what, a lot more than way that. more than three <laughs> way more than that. i thought you were oh, gonna you're talking... oh you meant three score okay, okay. That's a little bit yeah you meant three but... score but still low <laughs> Um, that night, but, you know, she wants, yeah, she wants to talk to the queen. Yeah, yeah, and he, she, she, she begs to help. She begs guys to help her, and eventually, like, okay, I was just gonna make you do a suicide, but I yeah, guess I, I can, guess I can do a favor for you. Um, we switch over to Arthur and Merlin, who have uh, stopped for the evening. Merlin is up; he's looking pretty miserable. Merlin, this is a real like negative episode for Merlin. I think he's just not in a good mm-hmm. place throughout throughout this whole thing. No. Uh, and this dude, Ragnar, starts teasing Merlin for being hungry and, like, throwing food his way. Uh, Mordred is like, hey, we should probably feed them because, you know, Morgana doesn't want them dead. And he said, and this Ragnar dude is like, nah, she wants slaves, not pigs for the for the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we switch over to our wonderful blue guy. Uh, I, I love, I still love this dude. I still yeah. love this creepy little thing. I, it no is notes. amazing. I have no notes. It's uh, it's um, hanging out above Gwen. Uh, when it hears a noise, it hears guards coming, so it casts a spell around Gwen to keep it keep Gwen from being spotted. And then, oh man, it's just so creepy when it moves. They did such a good job with this, Chris. I can't. I'm just not going to be able to stop talking about how great it is. The 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 strangest thing that I've ever seen on Merlin is Gaius's wig. Uh, the <laughs> second strangest thing I've ever seen on Merlin is this creature. Um, it's the and this is the Diamir. Is that how you pronounce that as well? Yes, yes, Diamir. Because they actually pronounce it two different ways. Morgana and Mordred pronounce it differently. I I don't know who's who or what's what, but uh, in in one scene, Mordred says it one way, and then they cut over to Morgana, and she repeats the word very quickly, and she said it a different way. I just thought, well, I'm screwed. I'm already struggling <laughs> with this. Um, From here, we go back over to Arthur and Merlin. My notes for this literally just says, what in the world? <laughs> That's about, I mean, all it does is like show up and cast a spell over Gawain, and then we, we jump right back over to Arthur and Merlin. What in the world? Uh, um, uh, they are huddling against the cold uh, as Mordred comes mm. over and offers bread to Merlin. Uh, he tells Merlin that Arthur saved his life once, so he owes a debt, uh, and then tells Merlin, we are not so different. I, too, have learned to hide my gifts. And then he promises not to tell uh, anyone about Merlin's secrets. Uh, and Merlin is basically like, yeah, but you're fucking sketch, though. Like, yeah. you're super sketch right now. Like, yeah. I just don't think that you're a, a justifiable person. Um, and this is when Mordred, he, when Merlin asks Mordred about Morgana and what she wants, and Mordred tells him about the key to all knowledge and the doormere and all this stuff. Uh, and then we get this like shot of the fucking Tower of Izmir or whatever, the Kingdom of Izmir. Oh my mm-hmm. fucking god, this is super cool. Like, it looks very cool. If we didn't already have an episode called The Dark Tower coming up in this season, like I would be like, this should have <laughs> named this The Dark Tower because this is when I when I read The Dark Tower series by Stephen King, like this is pretty close to what I was envisioning. Right, right. Yeah. It's um the everything about this looks incredibly cool. And I think that 
just this setting alone does a lot to sell the new season because we've never been to a location like this. Uh, and just aesthetically, it's even just the, the tundra, the snow, this incredibly cool tower. All of it just works to be like, yeah, we're in season five now. Uh, Morgana um, arrives into uh, the Tower of Izmir and confronts uh, Ruidon. And she is not happy with his performance. Um, and he's pretty bummed out because he just got word that Sifa has been arrested and sentenced to death. And she has like a little bit of sympathy and says, you know, that is that is cruel indeed, to which he responds, she has proven herself to be a worthy daughter. Uh, but then she kind of dismisses it and, and says like, hey, you can't do anything about that. The only thing you can do is help me get Arthur and make sure that her sacrifice isn't in vain. And this is drawing a pretty clear line of distinction between Morgana and Arthur at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Showing that you know Morgana is willing to sacrifice the people that are helping her pretty much without concern or care for their lives or their families versus Arthur who is literally putting himself in danger to save his men um and I think it's an interesting contrast uh it's it's one of these things where I'm just not at all happy with the way that they treat Morgana and some of this stuff and I feel like especially in many ways it started off as the reverse Arthur was never a bad guy but he was so kind of pig-headed and selfish and didn't really think about his actions all that much it sometimes felt like uh and where Morgana was always the one who kind of was like sneaking out to help the person in need even look at Mordred she's you know of course there was the magic situation wrapped up and all that but Morgana back then was willing to put her her stick her neck out for for the sake of others and now of course they've completely reversed yeah and it's it's a it's it's obviously what they they're trying to tell the story. They need a villain. They they want somebody. They want a season long villain that they could they could fight against. Um, and they they you know we've we've had that with Morgana for a couple of years now. Uh, and it's just I feel like again I, you know I, it's it's real easy to armchair quarterback this stuff. But I just I just want better for my girl. I think is what it comes down to. I want better for my girl. Um, they decide they're going to double the patrols, and that's we yeah because because Gwen has gone missing. Um, yes. mm-hmm. from from the mines. Obviously, they don't know that he's kind of just being healed off in a cave somewhere, but they wonder if he's uh, gone back to Camelot. Yeah. So, um, and that's when the conversation like, oh, go get some info from your spy. And he's like, actually, my spy was also my daughter sentenced to death. Whoops. Um, yeah. They, um, we jump back, back to the, back, back to, to the, the chain tundra. gang. Back and, to the tundra. Um, uh, I love this. Arthur collapses and I was so annoyed at Merlin at first because he's like he's just drawing so much attention to Arthur I was like can you just chill you're making everything worse but we find out actually this was all a ploy and as as Arthur like collapses and the guard comes over to pick him up and give him a hard time uh, we see that Arthur was able to sneak a knife from the guard and he gives a little wink to Merlin I love this I love the wink I love the fact that uh, we get two tricks we get two bluffs right back to back uh because we jump over to gwen um who has allowed sifa to come forward and talk to her and apologize for her actions which she does and gwen seems almost wholly unmoved by this and uncaring um it's not until sifa starts describing it and saying i did it for my father it was the only thing that he wanted from me and then finally gwen is like oh he used you and he she seems to kind of have at least show on her face a little bit of sympathy and you think like maybe this will be the point where she'll reverse this the sentence which feels so very un guinevere right like it just flies in the face right. of everything we know about guinevere and she doesn't she says no i can't help you the sentence stands and the guards lead her out and this is when gaia speaks up and is like maybe you should go easy on her 
And Gwen kind of looks at him and just blows me. I had forgotten this happened, and I, I love it so much. And Gwen just is like, I have no like intention of, of killing her. Like, What I'm really trying to do is lure her father, who is the real threat to Camelot, here so that we can capture him. So we Because yeah. he's the threat, not her. Uh, and Gaius is like, well, that's devious and I sh- why didn't you tell me about it and I wanted her to be like because you're fucking Gaius you can't keep a secret you literally yeah loose lips Gaius over here <laughs> yeah. he's like should we tell the hangman because that guy's like ready to go like, if, the executioner is like jacked up right now if I if I tell you that right now you're just gonna write it on your fucking eyebrow and show it yeah. to everybody yeah. in Camelot yeah. like it's not it's not even a thing um and, she, and but at the same time he mentions like hey that's a that's a pretty big risk like what if he doesn't come and he's and she says well you know he's he's a father and I have to rely on him to to do so so it kind of it kind of gives this idea that Gwen is a hundred percent willing to kill this girl on the off chance that her father <laughs> will show up to rescue her so he she can capture it's the father. very cunning and we've it's never seen cunning. her act like this but I guess all it shows is like what she's willing to do to protect Camelot. To, Right, and yeah. and she has stepped up to that role because you can't just be the naive person who sees the best in everyone anymore. That isn't gonna help bring Arthur home. It's not gonna protect Camelot. So she's she's stepped up her game a little bit, and it's a nefarious game she's playing. I would argue that this is the first time we've seen her do something queenly in the series. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. this is the first time. This is only the second episode where she's technically been a queen. Uh, but like up till now, her role in this series has been kind of Arthur's crush, um, and then like you know various stages for her to either help or, or hinder various projects for Morgana or Arthur or Berlin right um and she's very much her own character and she's got you know her own characterizations this is the first time where i feel like they were like okay she's a queen now what would a queen do in this situation right. Right. and it's really really fucking dope that they just like had that train of thought and like brought it to fruition here cuz it's as vicious as it is it's like you can argue that it's like I guess wrong, but why? Like she's uh, the chick admits to being yeah. a traitor and spying on Camelot. Like, yeah, it's hard hearted, but it's like it's pretty much the rules around here. Like I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, mm. Uther did a hell of a lot worse. So. Yeah, exactly. But it, yeah, I mean, it, and I guess it, and it gets you with that with that shock almost to see Gwen. Yeah, all people acting like Uther. Um, but yeah, she's playing five D chess, I guess. So I'm just gonna shut my mouth and see what she's up to. Uh, back to the tundra where Berlin knocks over oh, some no, barrels. Five okay. oh. D chess. In a few scenes from now, when it's shown that like uh, her father does come to rescue Sifa, mm-hmm. um, Gwen it seems like she's surprised. She's like, "Oh, is it him? Like, why were you you not ready for this? <laughs> like, if you were hoping that this was ha- was going to happen, you should have had like a plan laid." I, I wasn't going to bring that up. But it, it does seem like half of a plan because I feel like yeah. they could have just posted some guards around Sifa, like some better guards, like to wait for the. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, so we go to the tundra where Merlin knocks over some 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 barrels off the cart, and here comes Ragnar, all pissed off, uh, demands yeah. to know who He's did like, it. Pets down, you're getting spanked. Uh, and and Arthur like is like, okay, him. Merlin gets the spankings. Merlin gets the spankings. It's been our agreement since season one. Merlin gets the spankings. Yeah. Um, but this time, as the guy comes over, uh, Arthur is of course ready, and he attacks. Um, he's freed himself from his bonds using the dagger that he stole he very quickly knocks this dude out uh he grabs some other weapons merlin gets in a little magic action in there and before you know it they are they are running across the tundra freed from these evil slayers slavers uh they come to like this weird gap in the the 
ground, I guess, that they have to jump over. This is yeah, a gorge, if you will. This feels very goofy to me for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. It's fine. I don't. I don't care. It's, but it yeah. just. It feels very. It just feels very hammy in a way that is this show doesn't i don't know maybe i'm just not i, I mean know. what what are your biggest things to worry about when you're out on an adventure like this quick sand lava mm-hmm. and then big pits into the earth Pira- piranhas uh piranha, piranhas piranhas that's a big concern in big pits in the earth a huge problem yep. everywhere I mean, there's always got to be a, a gap you've got to jump over you know what true. i mean so what kind of what kind of distance you think your jumps got right now when's the last time you jumped I feel like I used to have pretty good distance on too. my jump. Yeah. I got long legs. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I got long, long feet. feet. Um, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> right now, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I could do. I, I was running with Jess's dog a couple months ago, and I, th- I think I unlocked the secret to true speed. Okay. I, like I started doing something with my legs where I went, this is how runners do it. Uh-oh. This is this is what they, they do. And I was in so much pain immediately after because I am a very out of shape 32-year-old that I was like, okay, I unlocked the secret, but never, ever again. Never again. I, I didn't like I like the secret to not make it hurt. <laughs> Which is to say, I don't think I've got good jump game. I could do like a, like a small gap mm-hmm. or like I could do like a medium-sized puddle. I could hop that probably, okay. but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't test this gorge, frankly. Well, they, they have to jump over the gorge. Uh, Merlin seems very uh, leery of this. Arthur, of course, just jumps it one time. Merlin finally jumps it, but has to like grab onto the, to the edge, and Arthur has to let him up. Uh, and by this time, more people are coming over. So Arthur is shooting him down with a crossbow while Merlin is like hacking off this ledge to prevent other people from, uh, from jumping. And he does this. He has to use a little bit of magic to knock it down right as Mordred shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Mordred stands there, Arthur has a clear shot and he doesn't shoot him. And Mordred like walks away and Merlin and Arthur is still there. And Merlin is extremely angry. Like we, we've seen Merlin like funny mad and we've seen Merlin like desperation mad, but this time he seems like he has been, he, he's been aggrieved, right? He seems yeah. like this is yeah. unfair. You should have. Which, first of all, him. it's because he's hungry. Um, oh, he's definitely got some hanger issues. He's got uh, some hanger going on. But yeah. yeah, he's like he is pissed. He's not holding back either. Um, and Arthur's like, dude, he's, he's unarmed, and well, you know, he helped us out. And but Merlin just leaves him with like, you know, well, next time you might not be so lucky. Like you might regret this. Um, he wants that kid dead. He <laughs> really does. He's wanted him dead since he was like thirteen. We jump back over to Gwen, uh, who wakes up and um, and something that happens to me quite often sees a, a lanky blue alien form mm-hmm. sitting beside him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens to this me again on the reg. Oh, not again! <laughs> uh, this lanky blue form tells Gwen that his wounds aren't healed yet, uh, and something about like I know that you were worthy of my help. And Gwen is just looks very confused, and frankly, so am I. <laughs> yeah. I'm very confused, yeah. and it doesn't help when this creature starts saying that because uh, Gwen asks, you know, what are you? Who are you? And it, She's like, I gotta ask, uh, what are you? What are you? <laughs> are you? Do you? I like not to be racist, but I've never met a blue person. <laughs> I've and I never never met a blue person. Uh, do you also unrelated? Do you have sex with humans? Just just keep are throwing that. Are you from Senred's territory? <laughs> are you are you? Do you have sex with humans? I'm just asking that. Is a does a, does a, uh, have you? It's Would not you? related to anything that's like happening right now. I was yeah. just just also curious. Very curious. That. I don't know why my brain immediately jumped to. I mean, like, do you think that these are cool? And like points to his pets. And then just, just gone, just gone, <laughs> just vanished into the shadows. <laughs> okay. Heal, uh, heal thyself, sexy knight. Okay. Um, 
But this this creature, I I gendered it female. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, but this creature tells Gwen that it is the last of its kind, and it was once revered by people, but now it has been kind of harried away into. I use the word harried a lot. I don't know what's going on with me. Um, forced into this kind of dark cave to hide away as the last of its kind and now even this has this privacy this this quiet has been disturbed by morgana's um slaves digging around down here yes um bummer for this thing uh that back to my previous question uh humans what yeah. do you uh <laughs> do you fancy them or you uh i can't you know i'm, I'm pretty wounded right now but uh you got toes well, that's is, that, is this what she, she fucking puts him back to sleep uh, absolutely she's like you need to rest <laughs> she now literally puts him to sleep yeah yeah see you later coin we don't we need you to not go here anymore okay all right uh that night we see camelot's uh knights patrolling the woods completely missing uh ruadon the onion knight as he sneaks up to the castle uh, this is a very funny scene to me because uh, we obviously joked about like Arthur climbing up some towers and this dude mm-hmm. does something similar where he fires a crossbow bolt with a rope and then climbs up the tower in full view of everybody that could possibly look. And the reason it's funny to me is because his daughter is just at ground level, as we know. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just a very funny... She's <laughs> extremely at ground level. <laughs> and maybe he doesn't know that. Like I'm not saying like this is this is bad or anything, but I think they just wanted like a fun adventure set, right? Like they just wanted a fun stunt and it's just Yeah, we had that dude that like assassin dude in season two who oh yeah the, the, the baddest the dude absolutely yeah, yeah he was the baddest dude in camelot mm-hmm. and and the onion knight here thinks he's that bad dude uh and i guess he is because nobody looked over to see and he manages to make make himself and make his way into the castle uh he incapacitates a couple of guards on the way uh he finally gets to see cell, opens the door using magic and then finally alarm bells start going off uh this is when we flash to gwen uh who ask leon leon's is, like do you think that this was the exact thing that we should have planned for but didn't yeah okay okay cool uh ruadon and sifa work their way through the castle like, leon don't take that fucking tone with me <laughs> look i've been a queen for a day okay like chill the fuck out this is my I first got time halfway there all right this is my first time queening on my own all right how so long I'm have saying. you been a knight <laughs> Feels like you've got some time on me. Sirloin. And he's like, well, that's not. I don't think you should use nicknames. That's not fair. Morgana said that once in one of her zines, and that was it. <laughs> um, he They they eventually get caught. Uh, Elian yeah. finds them, and they are surrounded under this, uh, like, I guess, I don't know, some random room, some dusty room. Uh, I was pretty surprised to, to see this in, encounter because uh, the Onion Knight here is fighting everybody off pretty skillfully and i thought oh shit is he actually gonna pull this off like is this the worst case scenario but very quickly elian gets a really serious blow on him and and he stabs him in the ribs or something like that and it's pretty pretty clear right away that uh he's not long for this world though he does use some magic so he and sifa are able to escape i forgot is sifa's with him right yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's a a very (laughs) weird moment because the knights around them one of the knights grabs sifa Ruidon fights some knights, gets wounded for a little while, and then as he staggers back, Sifa just runs over to him, and that's when he does Faraga, and it, and the whole thing that's bursts right. into flame. Gotcha. Uh, and they are able to get uh, out of the castle walls, into the forest, into their like weird abandoned castle. Um, and I didn't really understand what was happening here at first, because he's like, go fetch water, and instead of drinking the water, he like puts a piece of parchment in it, and then writing becomes visible, and then he like casts a spell... 
and it's just a, it's just a lot of stuff happening with this that I'm like I don't really need all of this like I don't care that I don't care how Morgana is going to find out you're dead like I don't none of this matters to me at all like it's just weird <laughs> that this, yeah. they're spending a, this much time on it in something called Arthur's Bane yeah I guess we're just we're radicalizing Sifa you know yeah like, I guess she so. she doesn't know that Gwen was never planning to kill her she doesn't know that Gwen just wanted to capture her father and figure out the plan instead she thinks that Gwen wanted to kill her and did kill her father so now it's somebody who was forced into this is now going to choose this yeah presumably um what next so they 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 send a note to Morgana uh the knights show up and uh Sifo runs away and that's the last we see of them for a long time as far as I know we catch up to Morgana, who just received that crow. Crows can move very fast. Also, this isn't that far. It's like 45 yeah. minutes down the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, and she receives the note, and it basically says, Arthur did not return to Camelot, which means he must still be on his way. Yes. Um, so get ready. Get ready. And then he reassures her, like, You're, you will find the Daramir soon. And I'm like, what? How? Why? <laughs> that just seems like empty words. You don't even know that, bro. Empty birds, empty words, Ruadon. Yeah. Um, yeah. The we go back to the tundra where Arthur and Merlin have made their way to Morgana's tower, and uh, they're just looking at it like, "Holy shit, this is a giant fucking tower!" Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Gaius is inspecting Ruidon's body with Gwen, where he finds a hidden prayer, and he tells Gwen ab- about uh, how druids are normally a peaceful post. First of all, he pretends that he can't read it. She's like, "Gaius, shut yeah, the fuck yeah, yeah." Up. She literally is like, "Oh, please, don't waste my time." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been, I know you can. Yeah, I've, I have watched from the shadows as you just lie to everybody. It will not work for me. Uh, but he tells her, you know, that dru- some druids have broken off and become violent. Um, or not violent, but they have become uh, focused on the revenge uh, for Uther and, by extension, Arthur persecuting their people. And say that there is a some pe- some of the druids believe that Arthur will die by by druids' hands uh, and. You know, hey, I guess this dude probably thought it was him, and Morgan Quinn is like, him. he thinks he's g- him. Guess, guess it wasn't, and then it just immediately smash cuts to Mordred in the most dramatic uh-huh. fashion. And I was like, yes, thank you. Uh-huh. I know exactly, oh, okay. what, know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, this is the this is him. This is the him we were looking for. Uh, yeah. So is this okay? Hold on. They cut to him, and then Arthur and Merlin are sneaking in to Ismir, right? Um. In, through the garbage chute, presumably. I thought it was just straight up like the sewer, but it looks like it's like food waste is dumped in there, not like human waste. So I guess that's a plus. Um, they make their way inside. Um, I, I, Merlin I, I, continues to talk about how they should have killed Mordred. I want to uh, I want to draw the comparison here because uh, throughout the episode, Merlin has been uh, pretty dour. Like he's been he's been obviously very scared. He's been very very much worried about arthur uh and in contrast like arthur is just so goofily optimistic about everything yeah. like at one point they're like you know how are we going to get into this tower and arthur's like there's always a way and then smash cut to the trash tunnels right like and he's like laughing as this food gets dumped on merlin like having the best time of his life we at- gave we gave him too much confidence that's we- what it is merlin gave him too much confidence and he doesn't realize there's constantly prophecies about his death they're searching for arthur's bane like there's just too much going on that arthur's uh Blissfully unaware of dude just so like he's just like yeah whatever because it always works out for him because he doesn't realize there's a fucking wizard making everything work out for him i wish i had this amount of like blissful idiocy and that yeah. i was just going like everything is just going to work out like it's going to be so perfect uh 
Eventually, they finally find the entrance of the caves, and even here, Arthur doesn't spend a lot of time, like, working up the plan or including Merlin in any of the decision-making. He's just like, there's our ride, and, like, sneaks into a buying cart, uh, which is, yeah. just seems like the dumbest plan ever. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's like, four scenes during all of this work from getting outside the castle into the caves uh, where Merlin is just constantly pulling stuff out of his hair. <laughs> like, he's just so, he's <laughs> so bothered by the fact that he had trash food in his hair. He just can't stop messing with it, and I think that's very funny. They just they put this man through it, and he's already in a bad mood. Also, I forgot to mention this at the top of the episode. Uh, when I played this today, I have I have Blu-ray rips, and it started with the commentary, uh, which on this episode is Colin Morgan and the guy who plays Mordred. And if you thought Merlin sounded a little bit different in the first episode, you should hear the commentary because he's talking like this. like that dude's got a Damn. voice. Like he went low. I feel like he had something to prove after doing Merlin. He was like, "No, I'm a serious actor." Even though Merlin is a great role, but yeah, I get, like yeah. it's not. It's like a it's a lighthearted show for the most part. So. Um. Yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah. very he much like a uh, it's very much like a Patrick Stewart situation where he's known for one very specific thing, but he's like a classically trained actor yeah, 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 <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant on the stage as well as in film, and like everyone's <laughs> like, but Picard, Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm curious to to listen to those commentaries, but I, I probably won't ever do it. I just Ooh. I can't I can't. It just I don't know what it is about my brain that I just I. It's I, I know exactly. We've what it recorded is. commentary yeah. tracks ourselves. I uh, I know exactly what it is. It's it's when people are talking over people talking. It just makes my brain short circuit in a in a really mm-hmm. bad way. Uh, it's why like I don't like people talking while we're watching a movie or a TV show, and uh, I, I just like it makes my it makes my brain split, and I don't like it. So makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Morgana. Yes, she spots Mordred finally. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has arrived back at, at the at the castle, Ismir, or whatever it is, and um, she spots Mordred. She recognizes him, and uh, this is the funniest part of the episode, where she tries to approach <laughs> Mordred, but the bandit leader guy, whatever his Ragnar, or whatever you said his name was, he interrupts and tries to start talking to Morgana, and the way she looks at him is so fun. Like she's shocked and confused, and like. It, she doesn't look like she's like, talk to me and you die. But just the look, she's like, what the, f- what is happening? Why are you speaking Why to me? Why are you and speaking to me? And that yeah. shuts him up. So yeah. it's like, just the look that she gives him is so funny. It <laughs> shuts, just immediately shuts up. It, it shuts him up so hard, he disappears from the show forever. He Literally. never He never comes back to the show, Merlin. He's done after this one look. Morgana just literally poofed him out of this fucking show with one single glance. It is brilliant. So I don't know if anything else happens in this scene, because that's what my notes were focused on. Uh, she, you know, she just recognizes Mordred and is very happy to see him. Uh, and then we cut back over to Arthur, who very qu- quickly has found Percival and given Percival his sword and says, like, hey, you know, go free people, go find everybody, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, and they d- explore deep- deeper into the tunnels, uh, you know, taking out guards on their way. Uh, and then we switch back to Morgana and Mordred as she is uh, feeding him, uh, or I guess she has has food delivered for him. Um, and they kind of talk a little bit about uh, what he's had to do. Like he's had to hide from people. He's had to hide what he is from people. And she, she says, you know, Hey, I, you know, that's going to change. Like we're going to kill Arthur and then I'm going to let sorcery be legal again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, we had Arthur with us and he escaped and she loses her mind. She um, freaks out. 
and it's it's this kind of stuff and he even says like Morgana calm down or whatever and I just it just infuriates me because like it's they're doing the thing where they're making the woman into a crazy villain and she could have just been the villain they didn't need her to be crazy and I feel like that they that's the direction that they're going with her and I really don't like it because I like more I, I feel like, like that's Mar- like the only thing that like redeems her wicked actions not to make her crazy but just this I think she's just so ruled by fear more than anything still that that's makes her react this way because she's still after all these years consumed by these nightmares um, and she still has no true friends or allies and I think that that's what makes her react this way the entire world is against her and she's not able to let anybody close to her she's just manipulating all these people because you know she just can't she can't open herself up that way and this one threat is Arthur that she just cannot let go of. And she's so fixated on that. Um, But I do know what you mean. It is like, let's make her the irrational crazy lady who's going to freak out about everything every time that, you know, she's on screen. Um, I like, I like your take on it though. I really do. Like you're, you saying that actually makes me kind of like this a little bit more than I do. Um, But also deep, 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 deep down. She isn't the evil person. She is a terribly afraid person who was mistreated and misguided and faced off against a hierarchy, you know, that she could never have hoped to overcome. Um, and she just has has kind of snapped in a way that makes sense. Still ruled by fear, still alone. She was willing to be cruel and willing to, to go for revenge when she was with uh, Morgos. But obviously since then, she has dialed it up to another level. Yeah. Um, the alarm bells start going off at the end of the scene and she realizes that Arthur has, has made his play and she's very excited about it. Uh, our our alien friend wakes up Gwen, and this looks like the sexiest thing ever. Like just a shirtless dude with a blue alien creature laying down next yeah. to him, like whispering in his ear. This looks just super sexy. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Arthur and Merlin are exploring. Uh, Gwen assures his his new friend that no one will will hurt see I, I, I put her in here too like they definitely did like make her into a femme character even though Gwen refers to her as it at one point so i don't know um uh, doesn't matter who cares about the gender of the weird blue alien creature um right. probably <laughs> Gwen. Uh, but then the creature the creature wakes him up because there's people nearby like hey yes. yeah shit's happening but then it's arthur and merlin yeah um just these two these bumbleheads uh and Gwen's like these are my uh nice good friends they are here to help us out i guess um this moment chris is maybe uh-huh. the funniest part of the episode because uh-huh. merlin like completely ignores Gwen, arguably like the one person that they have been fighting their way across the tundra to, his to save his friend his, one of his one of his best friends uh and he completely ignores Gwen because he's just drawn to this wild ass looking lanky fucking blue alien creature and yeah. And like, and what the hell is even that? Yeah, and 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 the the shot of the creature just like looking at them, and then you just get this wide shot of it just walking back into the fucking rocks yeah. or something. It's just back to the back to Avatar land. Oh or my whatever. god, it's so weird. And like, <laughs> even Arthur is like, "What, the, what was that?" Going like, "I have <laughs> what n- the hell is even no that?" No clue. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Percival has put together a team. Uh, yeah. And- meanwhile, the buffest guys you know are arming up. <laughs> the guys, the shirtless wonders are all uh, just. It's actually, I call them the buffest guys because, like, Percival's obviously like in really good shape. And then some of the extras, it's just guys with no shirts on and, like, they aren't muscular. So it's a little funny. Not that I'm body shaming anybody, but 
I found compared I, to our beefcakes up front. I uh, I found out today. Um, I found out like I discovered something, but I was talking with somebody today because um, I was guesting on their Supernatural podcast, and uh, I mentioned Merlin at some point, and they told me that uh, they used to uh, uh, like LARP near one of the castles where Merlin was filmed. And then at some point, um, they thought it was like the last season or the, like, maybe one of the last seasons, uh, the the cast and crew were like, hey, you guys, you're already dressed up. Would you mind being extras in our Smurlin thing? That's <laughs> and, really funny. And, I, and I, it occurred to me as I was, because I watched this episode after I did that podcast, it occurred to me later of like, man, if I was just a shirtless guy around, like maybe they would take shirtless Jay in. I could, I could be a shirtless guy in, as an extra in anything. You know, I, I, could, I could that could be me. I'm ready. Uh, let's go. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't want to take my shirt off in front of anybody. I have like three shirts on right now. So <laughs> yeah. the, the odds of me ever being shirtless are actually pretty low. <laughs> um, Arthur and Gwen and Merlin go to leave and Merlin begins to notice something. All of the, all of like the Saxons or whatever have all disappeared. And there's mm-hmm. something on the wind that doesn't feel like it's the wind. And then here comes a Thusa. Here comes a baby dragon running down the cave, blowing fire everywhere. Uh, they have to, you know, run away and hide immediately. Uh, Merlin tells Arthur, like, get you and Gwen the fuck out of here. I'm going to go take care of this. And Arthur's like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm just going to chase you. Like, I'm just going to go after you. Uh, and I just think that's very funny that they're... It's, it's, and I guess the the thing here is that Arthur must not follow him in the correct direction because they're in you know, winding tunnels. Because Merlin runs away and then like two seconds later, Arthur's like, okay, yeah, I'm going after him. Like, he would immediately catch up and hear him shouting at the dragon with his fucking dragon voice. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we see Percival uh, disabling more guards. Merlin finally catches up at the, to the dragon and, it's, of course, recognizes Athusa, uh, who immediately blows fire at him and he has to like do one of his fire shields. He shouts his ass down. Shouts the dragon down. This seems very mean. Uh, and then it takes like a softer tone because like obviously something is up with this dragon. Like We don't know right. why it looks like a rat fuck, but it looks like a rat right. fuck for some reason. And Merlin asks like what happened to it, and that's when he realizes that Athusa can't speak. Uh, and Merlin is like, here's Arthur coming. It's like, you need to get out of here. You got to go. And then has to use dragon voice to get it, to get the fuck out of there. Um, so something weird is up with this dragon, Chris. For sure. Something, something odd is happening here. I don't know what that is though. And I'm curious to find out now. I'm starting to think that was a flashback in her dream. But, um, when Arthur, oh no. Okay. Arthur, he, before he can catch up to Merlin, he's caught by Morgana and Mordred. And let me tell you, I didn't know what was going to happen here. I, he gets, cause it's very violent right away. And so I'm just, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, because as soon as she catches him, she like smashes him or slashes him or does something, stabs him. She does something to him. And she's just got her floating dagger floating around him, holding him at dagger point. Uh, she's striking at him repeatedly, asking him questions, just, just really sticking it to him. She's she's pretty violent in this. Like it's pretty vicious, and and he doesn't really back down as much as he's in a compromising position, right? Like he he doesn't like seem to be scared or doesn't seem to be afraid that he's going to die in this. Um, and he kind of just throws it back at her face as she's talking about all this trash. He's like, you know, with all of this power that you have, with all of this greatness, you still just choose to hate. Uh, and she she says, you know, Uther taught me well. Uh, and then she like literally just like and stabs him in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berlin arrives and she very quickly just throws him to the side and he's going to be stunned for the rest of the episode or rest of this yeah. encounter. Like he, she's, he's kind of going in and out of vision, basically. 
um arthur begins to beg he just says please and morgan and morgana does like some weird thing it looked like she cracked his neck uh, like i thought that she killed him yeah when I, I rewound this twice because i was like she just she just killed him she snapped his neck and i started thinking okay there was a comment last episode about like uh, merlin being just trapped in this like fate repeating fate and i'm like is this gonna be a time loop thing where he's gonna have to somehow go back and so is Merlin doing a time loop suddenly? What's happening here? Um, but I, she must just like it was like a magical punch to the face. But I genuinely thought she broke his neck and he was dead. He's not. He's not. He's not dead. He's not. Uh, in fact, as uh, Merlin struggles to use his own magic to defend Arthur, uh, the, this kind of whole thing leads up to a climax, and then out of nowhere. Mordred stabs her in the back as she falls to the ground. And I did not see this coming. Merlin, through blurry eyes, watches as Mordred helps Arthur up and then leads Arthur to find Gwen and Percival uh, and, you know, rescue Arthur. So Mordred saves Arthur from, from this and presumably kills Morgana or at least deeply injures her just while Merlin is sidelined on the, on the sides. Um, I didn't. I didn't see this coming either. This is this is a surprise for me. Like, I, you just assume because of their history and because of their alignment on the sorcery scale, that Mordred would be on Morgana's side with all of this. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Mordred may be playing a deeper game than even Morgana knew. Yeah, because there's. I mean, we've seen that vision, and there's no way that this is as it seems. It's mm-hmm. just we wouldn't waste a whole episode of Merlin being angry at this dude just for it to be like, oh no, I guess I was wrong. Um, there's just there's just no way. But what a what a shock! Um, also, kind of rude that he just leaves Merlin there. I think so just too. Saying. I actually was just saying. was legit thinking that like like did they just let Merlin like walk across the tundra by himself? Like it's a, like this is the farthest away anybody has ever been from Camelot, at least in terms yeah. of like climate change. <laughs> just in terms really of not very nice. Yeah, everywhere um, they everywhere they go is usually like pretty okay. This this just seems like a pretty miserable walk. Um, yeah. We don't know that question. The answer to that question, though, because uh, our uh, our blue friend shows up. Yeah, uh, Diamir comes to, or however you pronounce it, Diamar. I don't know. And Darmir. I don't think I, at this point I'm. I don't want. Doesn't know. matter. Uh, this creature comes to Merlin and and sort of heals him, wakes him up, calls him Emrys. As soon as people start dropping the e word, we know we're in business. Um, this creature says that it is the key to all knowledge, but. Morgana's never going to find her. Um, and Merlin, interestingly, says that, like, I'm already crushed by the weight of my destiny and just the small things that I know and I've seen. I cannot imagine the weight, the burden of all knowledge in existence be, you know, c- being contained. Um, and the creature says, like, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Ask me anything you want to know. Um and Mer- he says no. Merlin is like, which, absolutely not. No, he's like, every time I learn some future shit, it's always bad. So I um, have had three miserable days since some fucking dying druid told me about a prophecy, and I do not want to repeat this ever again. I no, just, but let me tell you, I really liked this, where he says, no, actually, wait, I do have one question. What is or who is Arthur's bane? Uh, and the creature that says himself. And then it's a hard cut to Arthur knighting Mordred back Uh-oh. in Camelot. And I was just like, oh my god. Oh, they are really doing this thing. Um, we have no context. Obviously, it's Mordred stuck his neck out and, and Arthur is being a cool dude and helping him out. So Or knighting him. He's, he's rewarding him for his service. Um, 
after the ceremony, we're back in Camelot. Everybody's healed up. Everyone's doing okay. Merlin is helping Mordred out with his cloak. And he's asking him, you know, questions. He's like, why Why do you want to be a knight of Camelot? Why do you want to serve Arthur? You know, you he kind of opposes your kind. What are you, what are you doing? Um, and Mordred starts talking about some shit like, the, oh, the love that binds us is more powerful than the power we wield. Um, Arthur's right. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Hmm. 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 We'll see about that, sir. Hmm. I don't know what your game is, but Merlin doesn't trust you, so neither do I. I do like that response. The love that binds us is more important than the power we wield. And he specifically says, like, and Morgana forgot about that. Um, and we, we kind of clearly saw Morgana willing to sacrifice um, Rudon's daughter, Sifa. We saw her, like, go, quote, unquote, crazy to get that intense, like, moment where she learns that Arthur yeah. is, is getting close. She even says to Arthur when he's like, you used to be so kind. What happened to you? And she's like, motherfucker, everything happened. Everything. You I'm, did. You know, your I'm, entire I'm just like Uther, I guess. Yeah, you, your entire life that happened to me is what happened. Um, mm-hmm. And it's I love this scene because Colin Morgan plays it so close to the vest where you, I think you expect some open hostility because that, usually that's what we get from Merlin like in a situation where he was with Agravane, right? Like you would, you would, yeah. they would cut to Merlin and Merlin would be giving him the stink eye from behind. Um, but in this, he seems like he's really, really guarded with Mordred and for good reason. Like Mordred has information on Merlin just like Merlin has information on Mordred and he tells him like, hey, you know, you this this would be different <laughs> if, if, if anybody knew that you were a sorcerer and right. and Merlin leaves at that point, and we see we get a last shot of Mordred just kind of looking off in the distance, and you can't really tell with this with the, the way that his face is like what he's thinking, like if that's a good thing think, to him or a bad thing. Right, Merlin wants to believe in him because, in a way, it isn't that Merlin and Morgana were opposites. It's uh, Mordred as he's presenting himself now is the opposite of Morgana. Morgana totally consumed by rage and power and, and, and revenge and Mordred who allegedly has let all of that go, pushed his power aside to just focus on the true human bonds and the things that really matter. Um, They couldn't be further from the truth. And that's exactly what Merlin wants to see, but he's also seen visions of the goddamn future. That's true. It's um. This is a sticky situation that they have get themselves in. Luckily, Merlin goes back to the lab, and even though he's very, very much worried about Mordred and how this could be the the Albion's great trial, uh, Gaius has a little surprise to him in the form of Puddin, and just Puddin. just like Dean Winchester, he is extremely excited about Puddin. Um, as usual, but we get one more little thing mm. before the end. Morgana and her dragon sneaking off still alive they are uh she is stumbling through the tundra as the dragon follows her obviously she is not in great shape uh but she is she's making her way she's making her way uh she don't quit that's the girl that don't quit she was just in this situation like two episodes ago uh but she don't quit fun times Fun times. I, All right. Um, I, I think this is a hell of a two-part opener for the season for season five. Yeah. I think that um, it's just it's really interesting that they they set up they establish Arthur and Gwen in power. This is how Camelot is. Okay, they establish Morgana in power in a different location, and this is how you know the enemy has risen up. And to, to see the enemy dismantled right away, it makes me think even more so. What the hell is going to happen in this season? Yeah, 
I mean, because they they seem to be willing to mix it up, and it's they're they're bringing in a lot of stuff. I also really like the way that they they did this time jump, even if they didn't like underline how long the time jump was. But they 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 use the time jump for some character development, even if it's off screen, right? Like right. Morgana, not Morgana, uh, Guinevere becoming more queenly. I think uh, Arthur becoming uh, even more. Righteous, Arthury. Arthury, I guess I don't know, or like chival- chivalrous. I yeah. guess if that's he's a word. Self-assured, he is chivalric. He's you know, um, he he is really settled into his ideals and his capabilities and himself as king and believing in himself again because Merlin gassed him up a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is all so good, dude. I'm so excited about season season five, even though you know we are. Uh, this is the end. It's the last mm-hmm. of the Merlin. Yeah, I really expected um, Morgana's uh, uh, opposing force to be a much greater threat. And I'm sure that, I mean, I know she's still the villain. I know she's still out there. Stuff is still going to happen with her. Uh, but when when we started this with her in power in this place, I really expected that to be the great looming threat of of the season, and it's not, which is a surprise. Yeah, I'm uh I'm excited for you to find out more about the Morgana stuff because I'm very excited to talk about it. Uh, Interesting. In the meantime, we want to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/MonsterWeek for supporting the show. Especially th- shout outs to all of the people leaving uh, reviews and whatnot um, on the podcast. That's really, really gratifying, and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. If you want to support the show, you can go to that website. You can leave reviews, or you can just tell all of your friends about it. Hey, two guys talking about hey. dragons and stuff. Like, doesn't that sound great? Nobody on the internet's doing that in 2023. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, uh, yeah. But we appreciate it so much, and we will be back next week where everybody is very dramatic about a horn. Very dramatic and horny is what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> That's what I would be. That would be on brand. Finally found my way in here. Finally made it. I was just texting you that I was wondering how many uh, updates Discord would have for you today. None today. I came on yesterday and updated Mm. everything on my computer. Look at you. Watching Merlin the night before. Opening Discord the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been expecting work to be really, really busy and then the one day that it wasn't was the one day that i was physically in the office so it makes it harder to obviously record after work um today not my favorite day but you know i'm ready to talk about wizards and that's what it's all about at the end of the day i was just uh watching a video of a praying mantis eat a wasp 
That's crazy fucked up. What's up? What's going on with that? <laughs> Dude, I don't what's know. Going on, what's going on in your headspace, man? The, the, the algo was like, Jeremy, we need to deeply disturb you today. So here's this video of a praying mantis eating a wasp. If you've never good, seen man. a praying mantis, like, hold down a wasp and eat it from, like, the middle out, uh, that shit is... We have not created a horror movie that terrifying. The, mm-hmm. like, the, the not two- that I don't think wasps deserve it, uh-huh. um, because they do, but... <laughs> that's still pretty crazy i did i had a moment where i was watching this and i was like oh the wasp though <laughs> like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> what about what about the wasp i uh, got uh as you know i've been stung on the nipple by uh, by a bee not a wasp by yellow jacket i guess um i don't know if that counts as a type of wasp do i look like in entomologist is that a bug doctor i don't do i look like a bug doctor to you no, <laughs> no probably you even, not you don't even look like a um, bug man <laughs> no, 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 no i got a whole fucking bug, a bug man um so i've been stung on the um by the breast mm-hmm. <laughs> i've been stung in the face uh by a wasp mm-hmm. at school when i was when i was a teen so i had a fucking swollen face for half the fucking day um ever since then they've been my enemies so Whatever whatever that wasp did, he had it coming. That's all I'm saying. I think the two most terrifying things that occur in nature are uh, realizing... Wasps one, <laughs> wasps two, snakes. <laughs> realizing that you might become your parents one day, and second, uh, a praying mantis eating a wasp. <laughs> Those yeah, are the two things yeah. that I think are the Number most terrifying. Number three on that list is actually, for me, lava. Um, <laughs> I've never seen lava in real life, but no. I just feel like... like it's, I know for a fact that if I fell into it, I'd die. That's like... A few things like I could fall into water and it probably you know I'd probably be fine. I can fall into grass. I feel like mm-hmm. that's definitely okay. But falling into the other element, into fire, into lava, that's it, dude. I feel like this is like pretty classic internet bit at this point. But like the idea that I was so convinced I'd have to be mm. dealing with uh, quicksand throughout my entire yeah. life, like I was I was practicing on vines as much as possible yep. trying to. It was in every it. cartoon, dude. It was everywhere, and like I've never once, not a single time, felt in danger once of sand. Like it's just not happened to me a single time. Like you know, knock on wood or whatever. Like it just right. hasn't happened. But also, I don't uh, know if it was like piranha. old Scooby Doo piranha plants, dude, or not piranha, piranha plants, plants. Piranha, and just piranhas piranha in general. Fish. Piranha fish is what I was trying to say. Sorry, yeah. piranha fish, huge concern. And again, I don't. Like, uh, there is there was a show I feel like I've like just dreamed of this or maybe it was an, a movie or something. Um, it was an animated show like Scooby Doo, but it had Godzilla in it. Okay, yeah, or something like Godzilla. Uh huh. Um, and they whatever whatever I mean maybe it wasn't Godzilla, but whatever this cartoon I'm I'm thinking of is they got um, sucked into a whirlpool and like ended up in the basement of a pyramid or something like that. Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. like I was like this is crazy. This is <laughs> fucked up. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Like I got to be careful when I go outside. And then. Around that same time, there's there's that level in Mario 64 with lots of sand pits and lava and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's one of the early levels mm-hmm. in that game. So that was in my psyche. And then whatever I saw in Scooby-Doo. There's an episode of early, early Dragon Ball that like has a similar situation like that. I just rewatched okay. that episode and was reminded of the terror. So, yeah, it's an internet bit to talk about you know quicksand and, and how that's such an issue or you think it's going to be such an issue but like it was in everything you could not escape that in your media i just feel like we need some good old-fashioned quicksand in our in our marvel movies or whatever you know put iron man in some quicksand he can't oh, use his man. little jets what's he gonna do how's he gonna get out he's gonna be trapped in there that's what's the jarvis ultimate... gonna do <laughs> yeah that, jarvis well i mean y- you know what happened to jarvis right like he's he's just not I, he's like a human and right yeah does sure. he come out and become uh-huh. he comes the blue guy and then he was dating 
the younger Olsen girl, right? Uh-huh. I know. Uh-huh. You're good. I know. Good. I'm a, good. I, you know, I'm still behind. I watched phase one and I never made it through phase two, but I'm, you know, I'm with it. I don't really know what to say about Iron Man and Quicksand. I think that's a really good idea. I wonder, that's got it. Like, I feel like with Marvel comics, you just can Google something and like, it's been done before, right? Yeah. 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 Like there's uh-huh. no, there's no doubt in my mind that it just happened. <clears throat> If you, yeah, I just Marvel Quicksand. Oh, there's definitely a character called Quicksand, right? Oh, there's a song Marvel. called Quicksand by the band Iron Man. <laughs> do you want to do you want to okay, listen perfect. to that? Marvel Quicksand. Yeah, Quicksand Marvel um, was once a scientist working at a nuclear facility course, when an accident course, transformed course, yeah. her body into a sand-like substance. Uh-huh. She's a Viet- Vietnamese descent. It also says. Uh, petty and selfish she had a hard time adjusting uh-huh. to her transformation as would i frankly if my body was turned to sand i don't know why we're throwing shade at her <laughs> but um, petty and selfish <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> you try being sand for a day yeah, it sucks I think, it... She's, I think she's doing pretty well if her worst characteristics are that she's petty because she's also made of sand that sucks are you on the marvel wikipedia by chance where it shows uh, that Good. is from the it's that's from marvel.com oh okay um the, there's a marvelpedia out there that has like all of the different power ratings for the characters um and like their abilities and stuff and that's always very funny because like the weakness sometimes will just be like love <laughs> we, we see, is, I'm, on, we be I'm on the marvel fandom uh mm-hmm. page right now affiliation relationships mm-hmm. introduced in, in thor number 392 that's which early was which yeah. i'm thinking okay that's really okay because i heard that and i thought surely that's 2004 no it was 1988 1988 yeah that's a that's they early had covered thor. some ground by the 80s oh yeah yeah yeah. scroll down scroll down into the power grid this Dude, is what i love attributes okay intelligence four i don't know is that <laughs> is that good or bad is it out of 10 uh i don't know what this grid is out of let's see there's got because if it's annotation. out of 10 then having it your intelligence be put at a four i mean i guess compared to maybe mm-hmm. all, all these other superheroes but like that's just feels insulting. Strength six, speed three, durability. That's another thing I always check for. Uh, durability <laughs> is six. Energy projection. Yeah, uh huh. Uh huh. Four. Fighting skills two. So what's quicksand? Like quicksand. There's a reason I never heard of this gal. It's yeah. because she's not putting up big numbers. You know what I mean? She doesn't have. Let me let me scroll down to. Uh... Although she's had no formal training, quicksand is a formidable combatant. Well, if you scroll back up, wiki. Um, it, her fighting skills were only at a two. That doesn't seem very formidable to me. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read you some powers. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then yeah, I want yeah. you to try to guess the superhero or supervillain that this is. Okay. Um, and I, I will say this, it's not, he has been, well, obviously it's a him cause I just spoiled that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least one movie, possibly more movies. <clears throat> okay. So I'd be like vaguely familiar with him. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And some of these are pretty obvious. Um, superhuman stamina, mm-hmm. superhuman reflexes, superhuman du- du- durability, uh, prehensile tongue. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, am- amphibian control. Okay. Huh? Nothing. They got. That's not. Is this night? Was this Nightcrawler? I mean, you say this amphibian the, control. Is, I think this, of that little blue guy. This is not Nightcrawler. Uh, oh, okay. Flexible bone structure. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm really stuck on the amphibian control thing. Um, he has the ability to psionically communicate with and control amphibian life, such as frogs, toads, newts, and salamanders, who he often uses Ant-Man? as sp- spies. Nope, not Ant Man. 
I can t- I can give you his power grid ratings. <laughs> yeah, give me his power grid ratings. <laughs> Intelligence three, strength four, speed three, durability three, energy projection one. Okay, <laughs> not good at that. So okay, <laughs> I I don't know I don't know who talks to lizards. This is the this is the superhuman supervillain known as Toad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess that checks out. Uh, we should Which come movie up with... is Toad in? He's in that first X-Men movie. <clears throat> He's in, I think, oh, all of the X-Men okay. movies. I was tricking you. I, I, I didn't choose an MCU movie, which is probably gotcha, a, a bad gotcha. thing. Let me see. Um... So Nightcrawler, he's just lizard-like, but not necessarily affiliated with lizard kind. So, A, no, he's not. Okay. <laughs> not associated with lizard kind at all. But he can, like, you know, he can crawl on stuff, and that's lizard-like, if you ask me. No, no, he he just teleports. Does he just teleport? Why do I? Why am I picturing him like on all fours? Because he's an acrobat. Maybe I'm picturing Beast Boy from um, Teen Titans. It's <laughs> not the same. Not the same guy. Not at all. Let's look up Nightcrawler. Let me give you his um, superhuman abilities real quick. Uh, wow, you would think that the Marvel fandom would just be right there with this, but it's it's oh. just like the the serial killer, the Nightcrawler, instead. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the fucking against his stats. Yeah. All right, so uh, f- first appearance, 1975, early life, he was in the circus. Um, yep, that checks out for yeah, sure. Yeah, So uh, interesting, his power grid, mm-hmm. uh, intelligence three, strength two, speed is three, but it has a blue bar next to that that goes up to seven. Uh, and that's noted because uh, I guess his teleportation ability uh, decreases that to a seven. <laughs> I see. I, yeah. I mean, I just feel like if that's his main ability... Then that would then he should just be at a seven, but I mean, it's just running speed versus teleportation speed. Uh, <laughs> so Nightcrawler's got beacon teleportation. Uh huh. Um, this gets into some of his weird history where he's like the son of the devil. So we're not going to really get deep into that. Sure, sure. Uh, subconscious spatial awareness, flexible bone structure. So you weren't you weren't wrong. Pre- right. okay. Prehensile tail, I, I, not a prehensile <laughs> tongue. So you're pretty close. Uh, <laughs> micro suction disc. Nightcrawler can stick to objects with the surface of his hands and feet. That's not lizard like, but that's like a like if you have micro suction disc on your hands and feet, that's it's pretty definitely lizard ish. That's all I'm saying. Let me ask you a question. If you developed micro suction disc on your hands mm. and feet today, mm-hmm. um, how long would it take you to reveal it to your fiance and the love of your life, Jess? I think. I mean, I feel like she'd find out. Quite quickly. So um, you, you would let her find out. You, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't tell her. I mean, do I have full control over it? I don't know. Because <laughs> if I don't have full to. control over it, then I'm wearing, you're going to see me roll up with leather gloves on all the time. <laughs> and everyone's going to be like, why are you wearing leather gloves to dinner? Because I have uh, suction grids on my fingertips. <clears throat> I, uh, a, fun, a fun note about Nightcrawler uh, is that mm. he is functionally immortal. Because uh, of tele, what was explain? <laughs> break that down. Nightcrawler cannot return from the afterlife due to sacrificing his soul in order to resurrect himself. Okay. This means Kirk cannot die. Okay. <laughs> so there you well, go. Although that's the a plus, the very next sentence was although he did die on a mission in space when he was consumed by a corona. I don't think they oh, mean sure. I don't think they mean the beer there. I don't think that's no. I think it's like that's like the eye of the sun or something. Um, his weaknesses. Um, despite Nightcrawler's superhuman powers, he is just <laughs> as susceptible to disease and physical injury as any ordinary human. Also, because he is a neophim, angel's blood, which heals everyone else, hurts him. Wow. So, 
if he takes in Angel's blood, it it take. What is a Naphim? What is that? You know, I'm looking at the Fresno Nightcrawler right now. Are you familiar with that cryptid? It looks it looks a lot like what I'm picturing Nightcrawler as in my head. I know what Nightcrawler looks like, but again, clearly it's a little distorted from memory. And I'm looking at a picture of the Fresno Nightcrawler. Um, <laughs> what cryptid. is what is this? <laughs> What is uh, this? Are, you see, are you looking at it with your eyes? You yeah, see the prisoner this, Nightcrawler? Here's, uh, here's I, one where they're in high heels. <laughs> he's not. A, he's not a cryptid. Uh, or, I mean, I'm sorry. He's not an X, but he's a cryptid. Uh, uh, there's so many pop-ups on this page that my entire browser has frozen. Dude, Topa uh, uh, um, uh, Topa Toko has a Welcome to Fresno shirt with this guy on it. Uh huh. It's perfect. It is brilliant. It's so fresh. <laughs> I might have to buy the Fre- Welcome to Fresno shirt. This whole thing, I just should we do like a uh, crypto, not crypto, cryptid corner? Um, yeah, I'm down. We talk about a different cryptid every. That, that'll be a new podcast, crypto corner. Cryptic no, corner. not crypto. Cryptid. cryptid. I keep saying crypto. Cryptid. Yeah, I think that would actually be super fun. Like that's a that's a thinking face thing for sure. God, this they, um, people make some real creepy pictures of of cryptids. It's fun. Yeah, it's like I feel like people a little bit younger than me have like really embraced this like yes. this cryptid thing on the internet, whereas like. You start talking about the Fresno Nightcrawler or, um, I don't know, like Slenderman, even something like that. Or, or, or like, I was always like, okay, well, that's a fun story, but that's silly. I, you know, I, but I was a Bigfoot diehard. You know what I mean? That was our generation. We had Bigfoot. We had we had Nessie. We had UFOs and probes up your butt. Mm-hmm. Um, but now these kids online, they just, they create these very interesting stories and they're all really into it. And um, that's cool. I'm more, you know, I'm more of a classic Chupacabra guy, but this is cool that they're all into this stuff. And sometimes, like, the Fresno Nightcrawler does have a video. I'm seeing a thumbnail of it. I've definitely seen that video, like, a million times. It's just kind of creepy and weird. And you're like, okay, that's fake, but that's that's pretty interesting. I, I dig that. It's fun um, that they're doing that because, like, when I was growing up, I feel like the equivalent of this was just, like, passing around uh, VHS copies of... Uh, what was the movie that like was supposedly like a snuff film that would just show various ways of people dying? Um, yeah, but it was it was. Um, oh man, I can't remember the name of it. That's gonna bug the shit out of me. Uh, but it was it, it's basically just that, right? Like it's yeah, just that. It's, yeah. But it was never actually like the VHS never worked right, so you just never got any. You just never got to see anybody die. I so. think that that was like that's what makes all that stuff so good is that there was no way to ever verify it. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, that's the good shit. Yeah, and that's just like you know I know Bigfoot's not real. But that's a pretty good video, you know. You know, whatever it's called. I used to know all this stuff, like, like I was like a, uh, had a doctorate in Bigfoot. Um, that really, the Patterson Gimlin footage. That's what it is. Um, just that really famous Bigfoot video from like the sixties. Um, in you know when I was thought that was really cool when I was twelve. It was it was because there was just not really quite any way for at least twelve year old me to figure out if that was real or fake. Now it's like you know these kids get into Slenderman and um, eventually you find yourself on the something awful forums or whatever. And <laughs> oh, it, this person created this for for a Halloween contest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's cool that people don't really care about that. You know, you see all these like ARG things, like the augmented reality games where you're watching creepy videos and then going to a website and then like trying to piece things together. For me, the best thing about that is I'm not that I've ever really been into that stuff, but just, just that question. Oh, it, you know, if it's real, could it be real? I know yeah. it's not, but it could be, you know, cause I have no confirmation. So I, it could be real. I think you can you know, suspend your disbelief for a little while there. 
Um, but now I'll just see people being like, okay, we're creating an ARG. Like, do you guys want to like be involved in this? Like, I'm making this. Like, come along for the ride. To me, immediately I'm like, well, you ruined it. You said what it was to begin with. But yeah. the kids on the internet, they don't care. They're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm into it. Let's let's ride. Um, I don't know where I was going with any of that, but I, <laughs> I wish that I could just like get into that stuff because in theory, I love it. But in practice, I'm like, well, that was stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I'm not buying into this. Like even reading the um, Ben Drowned or whatever was that the Majora's Mask like creepy pasta from ten years ago, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. where it was I hadn't quite read anything like that before, and it was just weird enough that I was like, oh, I can kind of, I can kind of go along with this, and then it gets a little bit too weird, and you go, oh, okay, this was all made up to begin with. But I could buy into it. Hey, I found a, a weird corrupted save file on a. Um, on an old N64 cart, you know, I could buy into that when I was 19. Um, but then they get a little too wild and you, and you lose interest. Yeah, it's Do you a, ever watch um, it's un, it's Marble unfortunate. Hornets? The Marble Hornets? Yeah. The, no idea what you're talking about. It was That was also from like 2009. And it was a Slenderman like found footage thing on on youtube that and like the first 10 episodes of that i remember watching it and like scared the shit out of me and i didn't think it was real but it was just weird enough just spooky enough that i was like whoa what if this is this this is kind of sick um because you know even at 19 i was dumb as fuck um see the 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 last time i remember doing something like this was blair witch like i remember people coming to the video game store i worked at at the mall and being like there's this movie coming out and it's about these real kids like people like legit Mm -hmm. thought that 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 was real Uh, faces of death was the the snuff film series faces of death yeah blair witch was cool because i was pretty young when that came out i think i was only like eight um and so so my sisters went to go see it they were older and they were like it was so scary i think it's based on a real thing and that was the only information that i had was like the one comment from my sister saying it's scary i think it's real and then they probably immediately were like oh yeah it's fake but i never picked up on that aspect of it so i I didn't see it for years it just left my brain didn't think about it then it came up when i was a teenager and someone said hey let's watch this and i just went oh yeah this is real isn't it and the person just went yeah it's real and I just fucking believed it. That was it. Just, that's all you needed to know. So much time had passed, and I just went, "Oh yeah, that's crazy that this is real." Which is a real fucked up thing to watch if if you think it's real. But um, so for like the you know hour and a half runtime of that movie, I was like, "This is fucking scary." Uh, and then it ended, and I was like, "All right, well, I guess that wasn't real." But for the, the runtime of the movie, I was like, "This is this is good stuff." Man, my um, my grandmother, uh, she would let me watch anything she didn't care like I, I could be 13 years old and she would let me like rent r-rated vhs movies from the from the video store she did not care what i watched didn't care that i read comic books didn't care that i played video games but like every once in a while she would have to do the check-in with me where she would be like i just want to make sure you know the difference mm-hmm. between fantasy and reality right and i would be like absolutely yeah like obviously the, these guys in the comic book are totally fake but you know freddy isn't freddy's real yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i don't know what to tell you uh and i always thought that was like uh, you know now when i think about it it's 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 very touching because like you know she just you know she didn't care like you know let the right. child do whatever he wants to like she she knew that like with the proper guidance like i wouldn't be like corrupted to the dark side or whatever yeah. but like hilarious nowadays is thinking about like a, a grown woman going to a 13 year old child and asking, do you know the difference between reality and fantasy? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like just, She's um, just check it. She's just, just checking checkin in. Yeah. Yeah. Just my because, parents never checked that with me, but to this day, my mother constantly, I'm like, can you 
fucking stop saying this. You're pumping me out. She's always like, we never should have let you play video games. We never should have let you watch that stuff. And I'm like, why? Because she just thinks it ruined my life. Like, gee whiz, ma, thanks. That's a, that that's a really hard me. thing to say. Like, is she looking at your life and just going like, so, this it's sucks? Like whenever I, you know, I have a conversation with them or the whole family's together, I, because I'm such a nerd and because I can be so like hyperactive about the things that I love, I will accidentally mention, like we're talking about how we all went to Maine one time and I bring up a story about like, oh, one time when we went away, I was so invested in the plot line of Dragon Ball Z that I looked up the schedule before we went on vacation <laughs> uh, so that I would know like which episodes were airing each day and like if I could skip it or not. Um, and there was one where Goku's going to go Super Saiyan for the first time. I can't miss it. So I ran back to the to the cottage that we had rented to go and watch it while the rest of the family stayed at the beach, whatever. Uh, and to me, I'm like, that's just like a funny, goofy story about how obsessed I was with this thing. And I was so excited to see it. And my mom was like, like mortified at that story. And I'm like, OK, well, that's maybe that's why I'm kind of like fucked up because you won't let me just love things. Sorry to drag my mom. On this <laughs> podcast. Sorry, Miss Mosier. We didn't mean to. We didn't mean to. You're very supportive in other ways, I guess. Did she watch Merlin? No, I don't think my mom's ever watched a TV show in her life. Does she? Does she, she hasn't listened to the podcast, right? No way. No, no way. way. No way. Never. No way. It no seems way. weird. I feel, my, like, oh. I feel like moms would listen to the podcast. Like I feel like no, 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 if no, my mom no, no. was still. She doesn't want anything to do with that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like I, my mom I, I, I don't mean to drag my mother, curious. but I am dragging her right now. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like my mom would have just been like curious enough to be like to, to just to want to listen to it just to be like what the fuck is he doing what, what is he spending so much time on no. you know what i'm saying um yeah but i have two older sisters you know they got grandkids now they don't give a shit what i'm doing oh yeah that's uh, true yeah you're you're like you're, you're functionally useless now like you're like you're, 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 you're what like the third or fourth prince in line where yeah. just nobody cares yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was so much younger than my sisters so like they always had like a ton of stuff going on in their lives for my parents to focus on uh and then i was just like you know I was just hanging back. I'm like, just can I can I just go home and play video games? Chris, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, Chris had video games, which is like, I just feel like you know everything you need to know about me now after I've told you these anecdotes from my childhood. That's true. That's it. I think everything everything works out. Should we talk about wizards now, or we should, should I just keep digging we this hole? Talk about wizards before uh, this. This is the episode your mom decides to listen to for the first time. Yeah, she's like, wow, oh my god. Berlin, Berlin. Keep your magic off my man Cause this clock won't mean so much to me, Murray 